Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. to another episode of gratitude and for today's episode we have our reflection episode yeah. from our first and second semester of PT school in our first year so we're just going to talk a little bit more about our experiences and then some questions that Sarah posted and the responses to those so we'll answer those we'll go from there yes there's a lot of awesome stuff and feedback that we've got from you guys and we just want to recap so so Gabby has been in school for two semesters because you started in the summer. I did. Yes. So I started in May. Yeah. So we'll talk about like the first year generally because I mean for you was your first semester in the summer like as heavy as the fall semester? I would say the fall semester was definitely more heavy just because you know your first semester you have anatomy and uh, some of the basic science classes just so everybody's on the same page but then for this semester for me uh, we had jumped right into musculoskeletal practice which you know we learned how to diagnose assess and treat the upper extremity. And I know from the faculty that we're one of the few programs that actually starts us with MSK so early in our second semester of PT school, because then we go to clinic for our third semester. So they just wanted to prepare us. But I would say between that, that's more of like heavier classes, just because, you know, you're actually doing things that you're, um, you're going to be doing working with patients and uh, especially for evals too. So I would say between that class and others, it was definitely more difficult to balance because all the other classes were still important and a lot of them were continuations. Um, so for me, I had movement science one in the summer, movement science two in the fall, and then same thing for cardiovascular pulmonary. So there was just a lot of continuations and stuff kept on building up. So I would say that was the more challenging part um, between summer and fall semester. Yeah, and a lot of programs do start in the summer. Um, so I'm sure that's a really common thing to have like maybe a more science-focused summer semester to prepare people for the fall um, where it gets a little heavier. And um, my program didn't start in the summer, so I just started in the fall. <laughs> so this is my first semester, first year, and I don't think there was really, it wasn't like light per se. <laughs> um, it was a pretty average, what, 16 or 17 credit semester of science and yeah. <laughs> PT assessments. Oh, for sure. But one thing that uh, I learned from Sarah's um, program that she was telling me about, you guys have anatomy and neuro, right? Right there, your very first semester. So I know we talked about it a lot, but balancing those two heavy material classes at once. That How did you do that? And it's still, <laughs> we still have to do that next semester too, because next semester for Slippery Rock at least, uh, you have the same classes uh, second semester as you do first, but you have longer hours and you have one additional class. So my credits are increasing the like two I think two or three um so you have anatomy you have gross anatomy as your sixth credit course 
you have neuro as a four credit course and you have pathology as a four credit course and then PT assessments is two credits. And the next semester they add uh, healthcare systems on top of that and that's a two credit class. So anatomy and neuro, man, that was, I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, balancing those two, I think is essential to get past it. I'm kind of glad they didn't drag it out. I mean, I have very mixed feelings about it because it definitely kicked my butt. But I think I learned a lot about my study habit, how to change that to actually adapt to the workload that PT school has in store for us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get to grad school, I would say your program should introduce you to everything, maybe the first or second week. But then after that, it's like you're, you're getting right into it. You don't really have time to adjust to, you know, just having, oh, like a few days to relax and kind of get all of your stuff together. They start you right away because they know that this is going to be your career. And um, they even explicitly say that just to uh, not, not scare you. But at the same time, <laughs> I know during my orientation, they were really serious about this and kind of freaked us out a little bit. But we knew what we were getting into. And it wasn't as bad as when we were actually in class. Um, but in orientation for you guys going into um, PT school, they're really just going to make sure that you're here for the right reasons. That's the main thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important because they've already gone through all this vetting to try to find you as the perfect candidate for their program to be here. And they want to make sure that you are going to make it through. They don't want you to fail. They are there to help you get through the next three years or two and a half years, whatever it is. Um, it's, you know, really important to your professors if they had a say in your acceptance. You don't even know which professor accepted you, you know, or which professor vouched for you the most. And so your future is kind of on the line for them as well as for yourself. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No, but it, it really is. Once you guys get into it, it's, it's the best. And what we've worked so hard for over so many years and application cycles and GRE, it all makes it worth it and not seem as bad as it was, you know, applying to PT school. Yeah, it's a stressful time. But once you're into it, you're like, wow, I worried and stressed out a lot when some things I think I definitely overstressed. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And we had a lot of questions from people like the transition between undergrad and grad school and what should I do to prepare for grad school um, and all of that stuff. And I think that is the scariest part is the transition for people. Definitely. Yeah. So transitioning from undergrad to grad school, it's definitely the load um, of material that you have thrown at you at once just because you do have five or six classes in a semester and you know you're gonna have to put more work and emphasis on some classes than others but I would say the biggest thing is the workload and if you are jumping right into undergrad from or from undergrad to PT school then I don't know. I guess it depends because I know some people did that and it was a little more stressful, but they were also in that study mindset. Whereas some people who take the gap year in between, it's hard to kind of think about, oh, like what was my workload in undergrad? And then to grad school, you're like, all right, this is a lot. And uh, yeah, so I would say um, that was the biggest transition. And then time management as well. You really have to have good time management, I would say, from both of us. <laughs> Yeah, because Gabby and I both had a gap year. So it was really nice. Like, would I recommend a gap year? Yes. Do I think everybody should take a gap year? Maybe not, because getting back into school, 
after being off, I was off for like a year and a half. That was, I think, an extraordinary transition from not having to study anything, (laughs) just working full time, you know, or part time, whatever people do in their gap year, travel. It was nice. It was really nice. And I think it's very refreshing. I think it can also be more challenging when you do go back. Definitely. I I agree 100%. Uh, So for everybody who has been accepted into PT school and they start in the fall or the summer, I would say preparing if you are taking a gap year and you you don't have, you're just working and you don't have to do any more schoolwork. I would recommend not to study anatomy unless you really, really want to, because that was my whole thing. I was that person who would ask other PT students, I'm like, do I really need to study for anatomy? Because I'm willing to do it. They're like, no, take the time to relax because once you get into school everybody no matter their background they're gonna the professors are gonna put you all on the same level so everybody kind of goes together no matter if you had an exercise science background or if you were a non-traditional student I guess the biggest thing just prepare in regards to you know getting your school supplies getting your textbooks but when it comes to studying you're just gonna start studying right when you get into school so I don't know Sarah if you had something different kind of well so somebody asked so the question question was, um, how should I prepare for school until next fall? Because I was just accepted into PT school. Firstly, congratulations, you finally got in. And secondly, how should you prepare for next fall? Well, firstly, I would say personal development, personal development, personal development over and over and over again, because that is, I think, very neglected um, and really important. It's kind of like underestimated how important that is, because if you are, you know, comfortable with yourself and you know, you know, how you are under stress and how you can manage your stress the best and what your study habits are that can help you, I don't know, taking too much time to study and taking time away from the things you love. I think that you should study a little bit. I don't think you should just let it go forever. I know everyone has different opinions on this, but if I had just like reviewed anatomy, maybe that's because I had, you know, such a long break and they just kind of throw you into anatomy. You got to know the origins, insertions, actions, the innervations for the arteries and nerves for the whole body. For us, that was the first semester. We literally did the entire body, all of the muscles. So that was, I think, the hardest part for me. But other than that, like, you can't prepare for any other classes, really. Like, if you haven't had neuro, how are you going to prepare for that? There's no way. So I think anatomy would be the only thing I'd look at, and I wouldn't stress too much about it. I would just, like, review a little bit every day, go on, you know, Ken Hub or whatever. What is the other anatomy one? I was going to suggest Netter's Anatomy. They have a coloring book. And I know some people did that before they started PT school. And actually, that's a good way to still look at the muscles and origins and insertions and make it fun. Like, you could just color in uh, everything. So if anything, that would be my recommendation to get either a little coloring book for anatomy or just look over, I guess, origins and insertions just to get yourself familiar. uh, So you're not going in, especially with that long period of time um, starting next fall. I think that would be a good recommendation. Yeah. Especially if you're not an exercise science person, you know, I think that's the hardest thing for people if they aren't, if they are, they've had it before. It's, it's not terrible. I feel like it came back pretty quickly, but I have a lot of friends who were like history majors or psychology and they had anatomy like six years ago. That is tough. So if you're in that boat, I would definitely look at anatomy. Definitely. So now that we are in school, um, another question we had was adaptations you had to make as a student and things you expected and things you didn't expect. Let's see. I would say 
biggest thing for me I had to adapt to was just, I guess, studying. You know, you're always studying. So you're in class from eight to five or eight to four. Some days are shorter than others, but then you had to go home, eat dinner, and then study for another two to three hours. So uh, I think for me, that was the biggest thing I needed to adapt to because I, I was not a late night studier. I was an early studier, so I'd get up early if I, you know, by eight o'clock if I was done. But I think that's one thing, the biggest adaptation for me. And then things that I expected and I didn't expect. I I expected the, let's see, I guess I expected all the information I was going to learn. I knew it was going to be a lot. Um, what I didn't expect was how each class would be integrated within itself. So we were taking anatomy and then we were also taking like movement science and cardiovascular pulmonary. And our professors tried the best they could to try to like link up everything as we were going through. So if we were learning something in anatomy, how that would relate to CVP. And, um, and so I really, really liked how they did that. And I wasn't expecting it to be like that. But yeah, those are some things that I experienced and went through. I like that, you know, interconnectedness. PT school, there's nothing you learn that is just like not related at all. So I think that's something that I I expected, but I didn't expect it to be as big of a thing as it was. So like everything compounds on top of each other. So you've got to like keep up on stuff, but it does all connect between classes. So I think it can be super helpful to make those connections and apply it before you really need to. Like, for us first semester is mainly identification uh, and next semester is more application although we do apply right now it's not like stressed as much because of course you have to get the basis and know everything first Um, and then working on applying it and connecting it together I think was a really cool part of PT school that I didn't expect but I kind of (laughs) did it's kind of a, a conflicting answer there but yeah definitely and also and I I also realized you know you're you're in grad school and this is going to be your career. So really telling yourself, especially when you don't want to study or if you're kind of losing focus, you just have to remember like not to memorize this material, especially like you can't do what you did in grad school or yeah, in undergrad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So really, you know, you have to, you have to know this material for the rest of your life and for your career and for your patients. So really having that that mentality to learn the material for the long run and not just, you know, memorize it brain dump everything because you're going to need it again. It's going to come up so many times, Um, but that repetition is so important. And one thing you learn in the first semester, like it's probably going to come up again in following semesters. So that would be another big thing uh, just to, just to remember that. I feel like most of you guys know that one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And there is like a pretty high level of memorization. That's the basic. It's like, you need to know basic identification in order to apply. So it's not, it's not like you can't, you're not supposed to memorize things. It's just that you shouldn't memorize it without being able to apply it. You shouldn't memorize it and then forget it like undergrad, you know, you need it for the next exam and the one after that. And for the next three years, you're going to be using it. So memorize it and actually know it. Let's see. So we had that question, the transition from undergrad to grad school. So what was the biggest difference for you, Gabby? I would say the biggest difference for me was, I guess, just the the amount of studying I had to do. And uh, just like it, like we said earlier, just the, the load, um, the just the amount of material that you have. But I was one, I guess maybe towards my senior year, I really got, I wouldn't say lazy 
easy, but I worked really hard my first three years that I had an easier senior year. And, um, and you know, like taking a, a year off, I realized very quickly that, you know, I had to spend my weekends and, you know, most days studying everything. And yeah, like you want to have a life, but, you know, I couldn't just <laughs> slack off like I did in undergrad and expect myself to, you know, study for a test in two days. Like you really, um, you need to take the time if you have an exam coming up, especially in grad school to, you know, prepare your, or give yourself enough time to prepare for that. And I know that can be hard and we can go into that for our next question, but yeah, I would say definitely, um, study habits and workload for sure. But what about you, Sarah? I would say the same thing. That workload, I like I said, I think it was a little bit more of a harsh transition because of the gap year, but I don't regret the gap year at all. I so appreciate having that gap year. And like I said, I didn't even expect to be in PT school. So like getting that call in June and having to start in August, a big smack in the face, but it was so exciting. <laughs> like it was just so unexpected. And I think from undergrad, like you said, you can't study the two days before and expect to do well. You need to be reviewing after class. And that's just how it is. I'm not saying your life is just studying because then you're going to go crazy. Um, but you need to also find time and make time for things that are important to you outside of school. So if you're in a relationship, if you have family close by, like make time for those people, but also set boundaries and say like, I can't necessarily spend all of Friday night with you, but I can spend the next four hours with you for dinner and like a date night. I think that's really important too. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree for sure. Okay. So going into that, how did you balance everything? So I would say that was the hardest part, especially for me in my first semester, I think the balancing everything was really difficult for me. And I figured it out towards the end of first semester. And then in my second semester, that is even more when I had to find a balance. I was in these applied classes um, where I had practicals. I had two classes with practicals. And so I really had to devote time to the lecture exams, studying for those, but then as well as the practicals on top of all my other classes that I had. I think I did better with balancing everything and kind of blocking out time when I was going to you know, study for each class. But I think for me, the hardest part, and I've talked to other people, it's actually switching classes. So if you're studying for one class and you give yourself two to three hours to do that, and then when that time is up, you have to switch to another class, like that could be really hard. And for me, I would just have to like get up and go for a walk and kind of reset my um, mind of what I was studying for whatever the material was, and then going into another class. I'd say that was the biggest thing. And then also balance saying uh working out so blocking out time for that and you know spending time with friends and family and then our podcast too so we we started kind of planning everything throughout it was like the beginning slash middle of our semester so you know that that was really busy but we devoted that time because we wanted to do this and that was one thing that was kind of my stress relief and it was still related to PT and but it wasn't studying necessarily <laughs> what about you Sarah yeah how did I balance everything well so here are a few things that I use so I have like a few methods and things that really helped me balance PT school but also before PT school um, about two years ago I started using a bullet journal and it doesn't work for everybody. It's not like a certain set method that you have to do, but it's simply writing down things 
<clears throat> in terms of different blocks of time. So I have like the first page is my year. And so every New Year's, I set up the bullet journal. I have like the first page is my year. So I look at what are the most important things this year? And I write down like whatever month they're in. And then I go by month and then I say, okay, what's the most important thing in this month? And I'll like write down days I'll be traveling or days I have exams or like a week I know this is probably gonna be a hectic midterm week or finals week. I'll write that in there as well. And I have my daily logs. So daily logs is just me writing down it works as a diary and also as a planner. So I write down, you know, things that may have been going on throughout the day, things that may have been going through my head in that day. And um, I'll write down all the different tasks I have to do in order to like reach my goal for the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year, whatever that is. But blocking the time into different chunks really puts into perspective what I need to do today in order to get where I want to be next month. And that was life changing for me it helps me manage a lot more things uh since I started doing that especially with like podcasts too you know we have school I still work I work online I do personal training and I teach flute lessons so I have you know blocks of time for that and google calendar is my lifesaver I literally put everything on there as well as my bullet journal for bigger things that aren't necessarily like a weekly repetitive thing um and then I do um I lead the triathlon club at Slippery Rock so like planning that I have to plan ahead a lot and kind of like manage different people in different aspects of working out as well. So that has changed my life. I use that. That is how I balance things. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I use, I use the passion planner and that has helped me a lot too because I was never a planner person in undergrad. You know, I had a planner, but I just wrote important dates down. But now I literally write the block of time that I have class, block of time that, you know, I, I'll work out and then I'll even put, you know, if I have an exam or reviewing um, lectures, I'll put that in there too. And um, kind of like a little checklist. So I think that's helped me a lot. That's one thing I'm still working on because towards the end of the semester, I got really not lazy, but I knew which exams that I had. So it was hard to figure out what class I need to study for and how much time. But um, yeah, I would say any bullet journal, passion planner, that will be your lifesaver in grad school. <laughs> and I'm very much a planner. So that helps me a lot. <laughs> I love planning things. I love organizing things very I'm very type a and I think most people in PT school are so if you do like planning you're in the right you're in the right grad school grad school program <laughs> oh yeah all right and then let's see we had some people ask about meal prepping and I know that's also important because you need to eat right <laughs> um, in order to study and you know do well so you're not groggy and just tired all the time so I had certain I guess maybe like weeks during um, this semester where I would meal prep and then some weeks where I just wouldn't and I would eat out more than I should but I would usually start meal prepping either Saturday night or Sunday and I would try and like I know towards the end of the semester I was making salads just because they were pretty easy so I'd make the chicken there's some spinach in there and then some veggies and some other things and that could be like lunch and dinner for a few days so that would be one thing I would do um yeah I mean I tried to meal prep as much as possible especially when I knew I had heavy weeks where I would be at school most of the day and staying there to study at night where I wouldn't necessarily come home and have time to cook. But yeah, if you like meal prep on a Saturday or Sunday and kind of plan out what you want to eat each day, that's really helpful and it will save you more time than you would think for sure. And money. And money. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because what you put into your body, that is so important for 
your focus and for your health. And if you are neglecting your health during PT school, you're going to see the effects of that in your studying, in your ability to focus, in your performance, in your exams, and in class. And you really need to take care of yourself, not just with meal prepping um, and working out, but taking time to sleep, taking time for things outside of PT school that make you happy, um, and take care of your mental health. That's just a side rant, but so important. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Sleep is key. Get a good a good amount um, of sleep each night because that will help you. Don't be that person who only gets two to three hours of sleep and thinks they can just survive off that for the whole day. Because Not worth it. Yeah. Uh, not worth it at all. And also, as you're sleeping, your brain is like solidifying everything you learn through the day. And if you're not sleeping, it's just like useless. You just like spend the whole day learning all this stuff. You're not going to remember any of it because you don't have time to rest and actually retain it. Anyway, side rant. But how do I meal prep? <laughs> so I do kind of like the same thing Gabby does. I, I go grocery shopping like once a week. I'll go on Saturday or Sunday, get everything I need for the week. I eat pretty much the same thing every week and I'll just kind of vary my dinners. So I have, you know, oatmeal or whatever for breakfast. I make these giant protein pancakes. They're like the size of a plate. And I'll just like make six of those and I'll just put them in the freezer and retoast them, you know, whenever I need them for food in the morning. And for lunch, I, I eat salads like all week. I'm, I don't necessarily identify as a vegetarian, but I don't eat very much meat. It's like an occasional thing. And that's just my personal choice for ethical reasons and global warming reasons. <laughs> But I won't go on that rant either. And then dinners, you know, something you may need to plan out a little bit more. I always make sure I have some kind of pasta or potatoes or rice. Potatoes are my my savior, basically. I love potatoes. <laughs> and I'll make potatoes all on Sunday and just reheat them throughout the week or whenever. Um, oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. One of my... Oh. That's so funny. This is kind of a side note. But one of my classmates, I hope he's listening to this because he will love that you just said that you love potatoes because <laughs> he eats potatoes all the time and he talks about it and it's so funny. And so I found <laughs> it's so, I didn't know that, that you eat a lot of potatoes. I do. I love potatoes. <laughs> so some of the stuff, like Sarah and I, some of the stuff we don't necessarily like meal prepping. I didn't know that you made all of that. <laughs> like we we're learning about this about each other like right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I don't really talk about that a lot with people you know unless you ask me I'm not gonna say like oh I don't eat a lot of meat I eat a lot of potatoes <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah oh that's so funny let's see and then going into some of the post that we had I think Sarah you posted it and it was tell what was it was it describe PT school in three words describe your first year of PT school in three words. So we got some feedback from that and a lot of them, I mean, you can put them either way, but we'll just name out some. So we have shocking, interesting, heavy. I love that one. I, I really like that one. <laughs> Finding a routine was definitely a, another good one. Let's see, we have a tough adjustment. Totally agree with that. And then let's see, we have, I think this one, difficult but rewarding, was one that I resonated with the most because it is it is very very difficult at the end of the day you think 
you're in this position for a reason and you're you're here for a reason it's great I mean it's going to challenge you but at the end of the day when you think about it and when you go to clinic and you're treating patients it's going to be the most rewarding thing that you do I I love that one thank you grinding through grad school love you yes thank (laughs) you And then let's see, anatomy stress cadavers. Oh, that sums it up. Very, very on point. Yeah. First year is a lot of anatomy. I'm pretty sure every PT school in America, you start with anatomy because you have to. Where else are you going to start? You got to know anatomy in order to do your job. So anatomy, and I know not every school has cadavers, but we both have cadavers. We may like go through it a slightly different way, have different methods of dissecting or prosecting or whatever you do. But yeah, cadaver, I think is a big, I don't want to say like frightening point, but like, I guess people overstress about it um, because it may be new. Not everybody has had a cadaver experience in undergrad. So going into grad school and having that. We did a whole episode on this, so I won't go on a rant about this either, but check out our episode with Alex. We interviewed the GA for my cadaver lab for the full-time position. So it's not actually like for the PTs, it's for the PAs, but he is a PT student. Really great episode and a lot of great insight there. Yeah, it definitely was. Definitely go check out that episode. Yeah, for the cadavers, I mean, it was definitely a different experience. Like you said, if you haven't seen a cadaver or did that in undergrad it's it's the best way to learn and and I hope in the future schools keep that because well I won't go into it either but I think it was <laughs> the best learning experience that I could I could receive just learning about anatomy and really having an appreciation for the donors because they donate their body to science so you can learn about this and I think just that in itself is is so great yeah and it, there's nothing to replace that opportunity mm-hmm. like no 3d model or whatever can show you all the anomalies and all of the differences between every single human being. And you can learn something in an anatomy book, you can see it in a 3D model, but going to a cadaver is totally different and worth it. Totally worth it. For sure. And then also we had, so I was kind of like going through Instagram, seeing other SPTs out there and messaging a lot of you. I appreciate all of your feedback. And I was asking you about your first semester and kind of how it went whether you were in your first semester now or whether you finished it a while ago, here are some of the responses. So Anna, she responded with, to summarize, she said, my semester was a heck of a ride. Uh, She is in her school's first DPT class. So it was a learning curve for everybody. And we will get on with her later and talk about that as well in more depth. Um, She said she learned so much, lots of tears, struggles, and anxiety, but so, so, so much personal growth. And also she got engaged in the middle of it. Congratulations. (laughs) I think that's a big thing for a lot of students. Like you're not necessarily that young, (laughs) not that we're old, what am I saying? But we're not like 19, you know, people get engaged, they get married. Some people have kids in grad school. um, And we'd love to get into more in depth like handling that in a later episode. But yeah, going and talking about like imposter syndrome, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Lots of responses we got. They felt like everyone deserved to be there except for them, but everybody feels that way. Listen to our mental health episode if you didn't already with Yusra. DPT Diaries. Thank you, Yusra. Yes. Everyone loved that episode. 
Yeah, we got so much response and feedback from that and it resonated with so many people. It was just an amazing episode. So if you haven't listened to it already, go listen to it right now or after this episode. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. The Some other ones we got, being transparent. So Body of Youth is in a different program. So thank you for responding. He is in a flex program. So he actually works full time in home health and outpatient ortho, getting his doctorate of physical therapy on the side online and going to school on the weekends. So it's like more review for him. I know there are only a few flex programs in the U.S. right now, one in Texas, one in Ohio. I think that is so amazing. We'll have to go into more depth with that in a future episode as well. But for those of you who are in a flex program, we want to hear more about it. So give us a little message or something and we'll reach out to you to like go into more depth because that is so cool and I think it's a great option for people bless you (laughs) all right uh let's see and some other people said it's a lot of personal growth so this one is from Logan thank you Logan a lot of personal growth and adapting and that is something we've seen a lot is having to adapt to busier study schedule finding a school home life balance and more difficult material and expectations than undergrad I think uh we keep hearing repetitively or we keep hearing repeatedly (laughs) PT school first semester is the most difficult than the rest because you've got to build the good habits to carry you through the rest of PT school. Definitely. And yeah, he even said, let's PT school gets so much better after you get past the basic sciences and into the practical portions. I can agree with that, especially since I was in a semester with mostly, you know, practicals. And I think that was definitely, wouldn't necessarily necessarily say easier, but I felt more comfortable, uh, you know, doing the skills and everything. So thank you for that input from Taylor. Thank you for, um, Um, Thank you for this. She was saying uh, she started PT school out with a lot of experience as an aide, worked in clinics that were really great, and also clinics that were not so great and would turn through patients without regard for quality of care. But she was pleasantly surprised by the passion of her professors and their commitment to evidence-based practice and pushing the profession forward. She was challenged to deal with how much she didn't know and made a bunch of new friends. It was a great experience. And then watching the current first years go through their first semester PT school finals and remembering how stressful it was. Um, So thank you so much for that and encouraging to see how much confident um, the second years are now that we have a few semesters under our belts. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And going more into the professors, the program that you're in, all of your professors will be so passionate about what they do and really commit to your success because Sarah said this earlier, they don't, they're not looking to fail you out. That's just the opposite. They want you to do well. They're committed to doing everything they can to help you along the way. And we had a great episode with Dr. Jeff Taylor, who is a professor at my program. And I would highly recommend listening to that too, because he had some really great advice um, for students and for interviews, if you haven't learned that. But yeah, um, I think what you said, touching on, you know, seeing, so for us, like this time next year, we'll be second year, Sarah, which is crazy. (laughs) I can't believe it. But looking to see, you know, the upcoming class going through their semester and seeing how they grow and seeing, you know, like probably very similar things that they go through that we did as well. So seeing that growth will definitely be really cool to see. Yeah, I'm really excited because everyone's been so encouraging and all of the second years or third years or current PTs, first year is the hardest. You will get past it and you gotta keep your eye on the prize. So find your study habits that work for you and don't delay on finding those as fast as you can because you learn a lot 
It's like drinking water out of the fire hose. We've heard that so many times. We've had people message us saying that's what they feel like it is. Um, and I think it's so true. So catch on to whatever works for you as fast as you can and run with it. Yeah. And a lot of other responses we got were basically saying like how the hardest part of the first semester is understanding different components of your study habits and also how things, the PT diagnosis differed from a medical diagnosis and like the ICF model. I don't know if you guys go over that a lot, but I feel like a lot of programs do that the first semester. Yep. Learned that first semester. Had to use it during my practicals. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys do in your practicals? So we would have to list um, participation limitations, functional restrictions, and oh, there was one more, but we had to include it with our practicals um, depending on the case that we had with our, our practical cases. We had to write that down just to make sure we understood everything from the ICF model. But I think that was the main thing about it. Yeah, and like how it applies to your patient. So mm -hmm. um, we had Living to Dance. She responded and said she actually started more with the ICF model and less about anatomy in the summer. It's just specific to the MGH Institute of Health Professions. Um, and they have actually less class time and more self-learning focus. I know everyone's program is going to be different. I think that's really fascinating, focusing more on the ICF, the patient, and how everything around how their environment is going to affect them and their body and function definitely that's that's really cool and that's the first program that i've heard of incorporating yeah. that so same that, that is really a really cool model yeah and then like osu someone from osu responded back um and they were the opposite they were like all anatomy spent 20 plus hours a week in cadaver lab and ton of an, an, ugh, excuse me a ton of hours on top of that in the anatomy text you do need it to have a great base for pt school and that is just like a brief summary of the responses we got thank you guys so much for responding we're so grateful to have everyone's support and um, to hear how everyone else's first year has been going or how it went because it can be intimidating and I think we forget to look outside of ourselves and not focus just on our issues and like our struggles of like oh, neuro is kicking my butt I didn't get a B that I needed or whatever it is it's okay <laughs> you have 33,000 PT students in the country right now I think it's comforting to know that your issues are not inherently just yours oh yeah for sure. I think that's the biggest thing to say that you're not you're not alone and you can reach out to so many people, whether that be in your class or other um, you know, PT students on social media, because that was the biggest thing that I I guess over the past probably six months now. I mean, we have a community of um, PT students who are just killing it. Like there are so many people who are just, you know, sharing their stories and providing in insight into what they're really going through, through school. And I think that's helped a lot of people just to see like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not the only one struggling through this. And there's someone else who I can relate to when it comes to this. So I think that was the, that's a really big thing too. Yeah, big emphasis on, you know, you're not, there's so many people going through this and you can reach out to anybody. Yeah. And you notice people are sharing what they're learning um, and they're not necessarily sharing their grades. And I think that's so important to know that your grades don't like identify you. It's not like, oh my gosh, you, you aren't getting a 4.0. What? <laughs> this is an undergrad guys. Mm -mm. Nope. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And 
everybody's going to tell you you're going to fail and it's going to happen and then you're going to overcome it. Yeah, grades are not everything when it's in school because it's not about, you know, if you get a 100 on an exam, it's about how you're going to use that information and apply it and comprehend it in the future because I think that's the biggest thing. But I know for some programs, uh, they are switching... I mean, not switching your grading system. (laughs) Yeah. So we have a pass fail system and it was really tough for myself and a lot of my classmates at first because we actually use colors. Uh, So we have a green, yellow, red system and, you know, a green is equivalent to a certain, um, a certain like number grade. So I think that for us, that's an 85 or above, and then it goes yellow and red. So whenever you see a red on an exam or on a quiz, you like freak out. I know so many of us in anatomy, when we first saw our first red, we were just flipping out. We're like, oh my God, we're going to fail PT school. Like that's how stressed out we were. You can, it's going to happen. Like you're not going to make great grades, but that's just an opportunity for you to go to your professor and figure out, okay, what concept did I not understand? So a lot of that time, that's why our um, program did that just to like kind of notify you, like if you're in that yellow red area, it's not saying like you're going to fail out of PT school. Like it's not the end of the world, but it's just providing you kind of that push to go to your professor, figure out, okay, what, um, what did I get wrong? What did I not understand from this material to, you know, learn it for the final exam or doing that. So I think that's the biggest thing is not putting so much stress on, you know, if you get, like you said, the (laughs) 4.0. I don't know anyone who got a 4.0. I'm sure maybe there's some people out there, but like, I I know that we don't have a color system, so it's a little different, but like, um, for us, we don't even have a plus or minus. You either get a B or an A or a C. There's no like A minus, B plus, and you have you know, three, you can get three C's in your entire PT school career. So if you get one, you're on probation. So I got one C this semester, guys. And you know what? It's okay. I was literally point three percent away from a B. And That's so close. I don't even consider that. <laughs> That's considered a B to my, to me. But to the school, it's not. And it is important to like try your best. And really, when you don't do well, learn from it and learn from it as quickly as you can so that next semester you can improve. Because all that means is next semester, you got to do better. And you learned from this semester and I learned from this semester, that's for sure. And next semester will be better. So it's okay. Your GPA doesn't define you. To a certain extent, of course, you have to not get a D. So if you are ever on the verge of that, you better talk to your professors real fast and communicate with them and just show them that you are trying and you are putting forth your best effort and see what goes on from there. But it's all about the learning. It's not about the grades, guys. (laughs) It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. If we're all making it, then we are here for a reason. But um, we thank you so much for listening to this episode and uh, kind of hearing our responses and other responses from PT students around the country. And thank you all for your responses. We'll probably keep asking you um, feedback and insight into what you want to hear more. But I hope that helped just to kind of see, you know, what it's like into your first year of PT school. And, you know, we're going to consider, we're going to definitely do more reflection episodes. So we'll do one next year and just sum out our first year which is probably going to come before we know it yes that was you guys had awesome questions i appreciate it so much thank you guys for listening we will see you next wednesday this wednesday we're releasing two a week guys it's winter break this is our only break we're so excited yes so stay tuned for wednesday see you then see you then mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.